1: だ意識<音声> sakana to cocktail followed by oyster liqueurs Good morning and welcome to Out of the Blue on Sunday 15th of September 2019. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855 on your AM dial, or you can have a listen from our website at www.3cr.org.au forward slash Radio Blue, from where you can stream our broadcast, and you will also find a number of previously aired episodes that have been uploaded as podcasts. Check us out on uh, Facebook as well, uh, facebook.com forward slash Out of the Blue Radio. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land that 3CR is broadcasting from and pay our respects to their elders past and present and to emerging generations. My name is Andrew Christie from Melbourne Polytechnic and Marine Care Point Cook and today's weather uh, mainly cloudy with uh, somewhere between 5 and 10 mils of rain with uh, frequent showers, 20 degrees at the top and we've got uh, breeze coming in from the north, northeast at about 15 kilometres an hour so as always please take care if you're getting into our beautiful bay or waterways in the state of Victoria. Today I'm Joined in the studio once again by Tim Kermy from Native Fish Australia, and it's a case of welcome back because Tim was good enough to join us back on the 14th of June 2016. Tim, how are you today? Very
0: well, thank you. Thanks for inviting me back. That's uh,
1: no worries at all, Tim. Good to hear. Okay, um, so what we'll do is quickly go to a community service announcement, and we will be back uh, with Tim Kermy in a sec. Mm-hmm.
0: We know you love our 3CR Radical Radio t-shirts and so do we. They're 100% cotton and Australian made and you can get one for just $30. They come in black, dark grey and a cool light grey. To nab one of these beauties, drop into the station at 21 Smith Street or order by phoning 9419 8377 or you can visit us online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Come on, you know you want one.
1: Absolutely want one of those. I've got to, got to grab myself one of those mm. T-shirts. Mm. It sounds very good. Um, okay, so uh, you're listening to Out of the Blue, Three Sour Community Radio, 8.55am. Tim Kermy's in the house. Uh, Tim, can you tell us a bit about uh, sure. Native Fish Australia, who you represent yep. and what you're up to these We're days? We're a
0: community group that was set up in the early 80s. In those days, most of the angling done around Victoria, New South Wales, is all about trout. There was very little about native fish, no one lobbying government for native fish stocking or anything about native fish at all. So we were set up. A number of branches were formed around Australia, some around Sydney, Newcastle, dealing with another native fish called Australian bass. About the same time, we set up our branch in Melbourne called Native Fish Australia, the Victorian branch. And we mainly deal with things around Melbourne, the health of the Yarra, and also a lot to do with the Murray-Darling sort of system and some of the endangered fish. We're quite interested at the moment getting involved in the Darling fish kills, for instance. There's a couple of endangered Mm. native fish in the Murray Darling system called trout cod, another one called Macquarie perch, which are two endangered fish. And we do a lot around them. We have a hatchery where we breed Macquarie perch at La Trobe University in Bundura. Oh, yeah. And try and do a lot of things around that. And also we're starting to get involved in breeding of small endangered fish like southern pygmy perch and some other fish like that in the future. Fantastic. Yeah.
1: So that's quite a quite a long, proud history, isn't it? The, yeah, it started the, the in the, the early eighties. Early eighties, Jesus. Yeah, and there was a...
0: nothing like that.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean there was a lot of fishing clubs around, but there was we're more of fishing organizations about conservation angling. Yep. So most of our members, not all, are anglers want to do more than just go and catch fish yes so they want to get involved in habitat work we plant trees around the state often um we do all sorts of things about breeding endangered fish we do lots of community work go to lots of events and have fish tanks always show these fish that people may not have seen before that sort of stuff, and lots and lots.
1: Fantastic.
0: So yeah. na- nearly 40 years of history there. That's yeah, quite... we're going to have a big 40th party hopefully. Oh, that's
1: fantastic. That'll uh, be a great yeah, one yeah, to absolutely. kick Yeah, that, absolutely. That's great. I mean, a lot of the community organisations these days it's got to be said. I mean, um, I'm a, um, a, a president of uh, Marine Care Point Cook, and uh, we've got the uh, Jawbone Marine Sanctuary Care Groups, Ricketts Point Marine Care. Um, Ricketts Point goes back a fair ways, but I mean, Point Cook was only, uh, I think it was about 2011 or something was our yeah. inaugural. So a lot of these uh, community groups are fairly recent, but that's a very mm. long-standing sort of a thing. Yeah. Like you said, it was in in, uh, in response to uh, you know things being trout, 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 which of course is an introduced yeah. alien species, effectively. And there wasn't much going on in the native yeah. fish area.
0: And there was a lot of angst between the trout anglers and the native anglers as well back in those days, and which is all gone now. Mostly, we all like to work together. We have a very close relationship with a group called the Australian Trout Foundation, uh-huh. who are interested in trout. But they're more interested in healthy waterways, good habitat, as well as trout. So we work with them quite closely. Because if there's habitat in the stream, it'll either be good for an endangered native fish, or for an introduced trout, or what other sort of fish that's in the river.
1: Yeah, over so, the over the years, Tim, and and this is particularly uh, pertinent now, I guess, because the uh, the government's pretty strong on this whole target one million mm-hmm. thing—the idea of having uh, a million recreational anglers around yep. Victoria. Um, now, in in the time that you've been involved with uh, with Native Fish Australia, with NFA, have you seen much of a change in um, in in anglers' attitudes towards uh, environmental type issues?
0: Certainly. when I've, I mean, I've been fishing all my life since I was three years old and wow. it used to be, my dad took me when I was a young fella, all sorts of things. Yeah. Was fantastic. <laughs> um, it fantastic. Um, used to be that people would catch something like a Murray cod and take it home to eat. Yep. And it was very much that. And you'd see, you'd go into the local butcher shop up in the Murray Darling system and they'd have um, cod, big cod hanging in the butchers and people would come and buy them. Now most people let them go. Um, there's good laws now in Victoria and New South Wales, so there's something called a slot limit. So if you catch a cod, Murray cod, over 75 centimetres, you have to let it go. Right. And that's sort of come in slowly. We advocated for it about 25 years ago. Yep. Um, it was brought in about four or five years ago by the Victorian and the New South Wales government. Um, we've also seen people are grab, jumping onto the cod fishing scene much, much more. It used to be that we'd go fishing in the Murray or go fishing in the ovens or some rivers around Victoria and we'd hardly see other people fishing. Yep. Now people are doing it everywhere. Yeah, right. And it's all sustainable sort of fishing. There's a number of programs that we support, something called Care for Cod, where we try and encourage anglers to look after the fish right. That means let them go and as soon as they catch them, take a photo, use the right gear, handle the fish well, that sort of stuff. So Very it means that those fish that you catch can be there tomorrow for someone else and also, more importantly, can breed and produce produce more cod or more whatever fish we want to have in our waterways. Yeah, right. So that's quite a good program. That's something we've been supporting for a long, long time.
1: Absolutely. Responsible
0: angling, so to speak.
1: Yep. And well, what was, uh, just to back up the truck a little, Tim, yep. what was behind the idea of the uh, the slot limit in terms of the maximum size of the Murray cod? What was really drying? The
0: idea is if you have big fish, people want to catch big fish for one. Mm-hmm. The other thing is the bigger fish produce lots and lots of babies. Yep. So if we have more more bigger fish in our rivers, in our lakes, whatever... That means in the long term we'll have more fish. Yep. So it's both good for angling. So um, the mecca of cod fishing is to catch a cod more than a metre. Yep. So if we allow all those bigger fish to be released, particularly the big girls, we both get that really good angling experience, but we also have those fish remaining in our waterways for tomorrow and the next day and the next day to produce lots more fish.
1: Absolutely, and that's that really cool? the the population depends on those sort of to a disproportionate right. level, doesn't it? Those, those great big, highly what you call fecund the the yeah, fecund levels are through the roof. It's
0: unfortunate that Queensland at the moment has gone the other way and allowing people to catch those big fish. They've just um, restructured their laws or their fishing regulations, right? And they've gone back to what the laws were like in Victoria in the seventies or eighties, oh, which is wow. just, which is something that we're trying to. Um, influence government in Queensland a little bit to try and stop that sort of stuff because if we have the bigger fish in the rivers, in the lakes everyone wins.
1: That's it. We've Uh, got a nice big beautiful fish that you would have uh, seen in the last, uh, well you've you've known about her for a while, Heidi, she's the one fish in our facility at Melbourne Polytechnic Aquaculture Training and Applied Research Centre there in Epping where she's uh, we got the students from um, the Applied Finfish Aquaculture class just the other day to measure her and weigh her and she ended up being, I think her weight was 14.5 kilos. So, so it's incredible to think but she's exact, she, she's uh, 99 kilos lighter than the largest Murray Cod on record. So that was... There's uh, a
0: bit of um, new evidence about the biggest Murray Cod as well. Oh, yeah. There's some archaeological digs that have been done in around Aboriginal communities. Um, they've found in the middens of Aboriginal people some ear bones called odalith bones. Yes, yep. And they've found those at some dry lakes north of Mildura, and I've forgotten the name off the top of my head, They've found and equated those ear bones to cod that grew to more than 2.2 metres. Wow. And that's that's some unreal. recent discoveries so huge fish Murray cod will live more than 50 years absolutely I probably think... 80 years I'm not exactly sure but a yeah, huge yeah. amount of years
1: that's it that's what so. the uh, the one in um, it was 1902 when it was captured in Walgett in, yeah. in western New South Wales now of course uh, when we say that's the largest cod on record the largest reliable largest reliably measured cod um, then that stands to reason that yeah to, to think that you've uh, you've captured the biggest of all time is is really mm. folly so that may <laughs> um, be a hundred or more oh, years old yeah. than ones
0: that the aboriginals have managed to catch absolutely You know, um, rock fish traps or wherever they caught them back in the early days, whatever.
1: That's it. Um, yeah. 1902, it was in Walgett in mm. western New South Wales. And she was estimated to be well uh, north of 70 years of age mm. and was uh, 1.8 metres long or, uh, you know, the 5 foot 11 in the old scale.
0: There's quite a lot of other historical photos and some of them may or may not be cod. They look quite similar to marine cod species, some of the big Murray cod. And there's a little bit of conjecture
1: oh, yeah, as yeah.
0: to some of the other big photos around, whether they actually truly are. Murray cod or not? Yeah,
1: it's quite yeah. interesting.
0: Sort of the blurry old black and white photos from the past. Yeah, right, right, yeah. fantastic. Mm. Yeah, what else is news, Tim? Um, we've got a couple of things. We have a hatchery that we we run with um, in partnership with sort of Latrobe Uni and Bundura and we're just gearing up this year to breed Macquarie perch again for our twentieth season, I think. So we're quite busy getting all the required permits. It's quite onerous to get all the different permits. We need things like ethics permits. Permits from Victorian fisheries to set nets in the river. Fish, uh, permits from the other arm of government, Dalwhip, to, to work with endangered native fish. All sorts of things. So that's quite onerous and we're going through that process. We're just about there again for this season. Um, we're well in the way to actually building a new hatchery, a new purpose-built facility where we can breed both endangered fish like Macquarie perch, also potentially another endangered fish that I'll talk about a bit later on called trout cod. And some other small endangered native fish as well to try and get them back into our waterways in Victoria and possibly into New South Wales as well. Right. So we've been in the hatchery we're in. It's an old tuck shop of La Trobe University, La Trobe High School since 1991. And that's going to be bulldozed sometime next year to make way for the Melbourne City Soccer Club to uh-huh. build grandstands or something. Right. So we're having some great discussions with La Trobe Uni to try and build a purpose-built facility somewhere near the Wildlife Sanctuary at La Trobe Uni to allow us to continue on the work we've been doing since 1991.
1: Fantastic. And
0: that's sort of fantastic. So it's fan- and it makes me smile every time people say that. Sort of that, it's going ahead well, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We've got a very close relationship with the Tribuni ourselves. Hmm. I mean, obviously, they're in Bundura, we're in Epping, so it's not far away, but as part of the Bachelor of Agriculture and Technology course with a bunch of subjects that feature in the aquaculture side of things. Yeah, yeah. oh,
0: that's all. It's all about community groups making partnerships with different organizations so we can use our strengths to work together for better outcomes.
1: Certainly, and
0: well, we're developing a relationship with Polytech now as well, so we can again work together to get better outcomes for fish, or better experiences for students, or whatever it might be. Yep, absolutely. And it seems to be going ahead really well.
1: Very good, very of, good. Let's let's talk a bit about uh, that after the break, eh? Hey? Yeah, sounds we good. My might, quick uh, might song, quickly. This is Great Wall by Broom Crash Opera.
0: 3CR support the rights of Indigenous Australians. They mean to save our culture and save our dreams, our footprints, dreams, our song line and keep our culture going strong. Of
1: course, a lot of the Aboriginals, having been stolen, were put into state care, and also others... Recognition of what our people have been through in the last 200 years, the recognition of our culture in the last 40,000 years, and the recognition of where we are heading into the future.
0: Welcome to Survival Day, Invasion Day. 223 years ago, the white man landed on our shores. Subscribe
1: to 3CR and help keep Indigenous voices on air. Call us on 94198377 or visit 3cr.org.au. Subscribe now. You're listening to Out of the Blue, 3CR Community Radio, 855am. That was Great War by Boom Crash Opera. And we've got Tim Kerming in the studio from Native Fish Australia. Uh, Tim, what else is news, mate?
0: Um, A couple of things I really wanted to talk about today is a couple of um, endangered Native fish which is Macquarie Purchase, I've talked about a little bit, another one called Trout Cod. Um, Trout Cod were critically endangered 20, 30 years ago in Victoria. There was one population left in Sevens Creek. Um, Great angling species um, found in all the Murray-Darling middle reaches of Murray-Darling streams like the Goulburn or King Parrot Creek, um, the Loddon, Campaspe, um, gone for a number of ecological reasons and probably overfishing. Since then, there's been a lot of work done, one by Native Fish Australia in our hatchery where we used to breed them. Fisheries Victoria also bred them. Now they're back. Yeah. So there's huge numbers, for instance, in the Goulburn River around Murchison. Right. Um, there's also huge numbers through the oven system. Oh, yeah. They were introduced by um, fisheries and also the Delwip, the conservation arm of um, government. Now they're back with a vengeance. Wow. We're really pleased, and it's a great story of a critically endangered animal. Coming back from the brink of extinction. It is. That's great. We're now getting lots of reports from anglers who say we're catching ten trout cod to one Murray cod in some of these waterways. Jeez. When are we able to come back and start to angle for them again? Yeah. Um. It's really we've been um pushing for this for the last ten years or more that it's time to have a plan. Yep. It's unfortunate that Victorian fisheries don't really have any plan. They talk around it a lot, but there's no real plan of what they're going to do. Okay. Okay. We'd really like to see some sort of mid-plan where we can say we know that the fishery in the Ovens River around between um, Lake, uh, Lake Mawala and all the way up is well and truly sustainable. We know gold when the fish are um, getting better and bigger every year. Um, we'd like to see some sort of plan from government to say when we know that they're sustainable or if we have another population developed somewhere else – then in the future we can start to have a plan to fish for them. Yeah, right. That means that anglers won't treat them as a vermin fish because you can't angle for them. Yeah. They'll actually respect them and the fishery will grow enormously. Yeah, okay, okay. It's really quite sad. that it, um, They're easy to breed. It's like a Murray cod, if anyone understands aquaculture. Murray cod are easy to breed in captivity. Trout cod are the same. You just put a boy and a girl together in a, in a dam or a fish tank and put some facilities in there and they'll breed then we can you know, easily grow up the fry to put in whatever area we want to. Yep. So there's, in my opinion, and the opinion of many of my members, there's no reason why we can't start to fish for them soon. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. We don't want to kill everyone, obviously. We're no, all conservation no. anglers, but we see that as finishing the loop of the conservation. Yeah. That now they're back. I mean, we have to have, make sure that we're pretty smart with um, catch limits and size, that sort of stuff. Yeah. And that's a lot of debate around what sizes these fish should be. And it's very hard to tell the difference between a Murray cod and a trout cod, so there's quite a few issues around that. Uh But we'll get there.
1: Are are, are there sort of tag and release type efforts underway at the moment with the trout cod?
0: Um, Officially under Victorian legislation, the regulations are allowed to target trout cod. Right, yep.
1: Yep, so it's all incidental
0: catches. Incidental yep. catches, and yep. it's a, a shame. We have a competition in the Murray below Yarrawonga every year. We've had it for the last 25 years every year with a number of fishing clubs. We catch, measure and release every fish, and the number of trout cod has exploded. Yeah, right. It's huge. We want to try and talk to New South Wales Fisheries. We have tried try it a few times to translocate some of those huge numbers of trout cod to some waterways in Victoria, like the Loddon or the Campaspe, to start other populations. And that's slowly getting there, but it's probably going to take another few years before New South Wales fisheries come on board.
1: Yeah, right. And
0: that's an easy way to start new populations.
1: Great stuff.
0: Because we start. Because if we put in little fish that are maybe two centimetres long, they tend to get eaten by other fish. Sure. If we put in 20 centimetre fish that are already grown and are... Um, are used to the wild, not growing up in a hatchery, they'll do much better. Yeah, right. So right. just translocating them, we'd obviously have to make sure there's no disease issues and the genetics is all right, which it pretty well is. Yep. Away we'd go.
1: Yep. Absolutely, right. I think that was the problem with a lot of the native fish introductions in the past with restocking efforts. Is they were putting in one or two centimeter fish, and of course, what you could, uh, for a lack of a better term, call your infant mortality was was through the roof. Ninety five percent, ninety five percent, especially
0: then... when they carry them in oxygen, which they do in the oxygen in the transporters. They put oxygen into the tanks or with the fish, and a lot of them die. Yep, yep. They get oxygen poisoning, oh. and they can't get but when they get put back into the wild. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. government talks about putting 10 million fish out, both salmonids and native fish, freshwater. Yep. And it's unfortunate with the native stuff, 80% of the native fish probably die when they're re- or when released into a waterway.
1: Yeah, right, right. And meantime, yeah. contending with sometimes uh, yearling trout that are, that are you know, yeah. you know, quite sizable. Oh,
0: people right. like to catch trout. It's quite a tricky issue for a group like Native Fish Australia. We know trout are bad for native fish. But they're a great sports fish. Yep. At least 50% of the freshwater fishing community fish for trout. Yep. So we can't just ban trout or try and get rid of trout because that's not the answer. Sure. Management is the answer. So we have some areas where we allow trout fishing and stimulate whatever the words are. Trout fishing managed particularly for trout. And some other areas we manage for native fish, And then everyone wins. Absolutely. Otherwise, it's, it just turns into a, a silly fight over nothing. There
1: you go. Yeah. Just as we draw to the end of the uh, towards the end of the show, Tim, we've still got a few other uh, pointers to, to get from you. Um, just before we get to that, I wanted to mention the Australian Marine Sciences Association has an event. A quick plug for them here, uh, showcasing Victoria's marine science, which is on Tuesday the eighth of October at RMIT University. It's at Story Hall, and that's at three thirty-six to three. Forty-eight Swanston Street in the city, so that goes from six pm onwards. So check that one out on Eventbrite. We've got a bunch of uh, really well-accredited um, uh, speakers for that one, so that will be an event wor- well worth checking out. Um, for for a small fee, you can come and see the latest and greatest in marine science on uh, on display. Sounds so right. uh, be sure to check that one out. Another little plug, Tim. Uh, did you want to mention uh, the fourth of September? The uh, we,
0: um, our last or the meet, yeah last we have monthly meetings. So, we usually meet at La Trobe Bundura in the Wildlife Sanctuary there. Yep. Where we talk, we have guest speakers talk about fishy issues, talk about um, future events for NFA, that sort of stuff. Um, The last one we went to Melbourne Polytech. There was a number of our members who are keen fish growers, a number of people who are learning about growing fish. So, we went there, and I think we had 30 odd people come along to have a look at the facilities, excuse me, at Melbourne Polytech and talk about ways that we can work together to allow our members to learn more from Polytech, I suppose. Absolutely. It was a great night. I think everyone who I've talked to afterwards said we should do more of that sort of stuff. So.
1: Fantastic, yep. That's, yeah. So that's the, uh, just for our studio audience as well, anyone who's keen to check out the Aquaculture Training and Applied Research Centre, mm. totally obligation-free, of course, We can uh, you can do that because we're offering, uh, you know, everything from short courses up to degrees. Mm. And, um, yeah, come and, uh, come and check us out. Mm. Um, oh, all right, as we get, we've got about a minute left to go, Tim, before we're at the end so of so yet another episode if, of Out of the Blue. If
0: you've um, sparked interest from anything we've talked about today, and hopefully I'll come back in a couple of weeks, And talk. I've got a a list of issues that we can talk about much more than what I've talked about. Fantastic. Um, You can find us on Facebook, both Native Fish Australia. We also have a a Native Fish Australia Victoria page where we have more local issues. We also have a website which you can just look up Native Fish and you'll find us. Um, We try and advertise when we have our monthly meetings. There are some of the other events that we do. We have quite a lot of fishing events, especially in the summertime. Um, people are welcome to come along. Fantastic. Mm. Sounds really good. That's been one of the most uh, fascinating things
1: for me, is like you alluded to before, Tim, when I asked you, you the question about how anglers' behaviour changes over the time. A lot of people have that very strong conservation bent now, which is uh, which is fantastic. People realise that we can't do without our environment.
0: Yeah, it's a, um, a pity that there's a few on the edges who still pollute and throw their rubbish around and leave fires in camping areas, but we're slowly... changing that more and more. Absolutely. Great Mm. to hear. Great to hear. Mm.
1: All right. Thanks a million for coming into the studio, Tim. My pleasure. Let's do it again soon. Sounds fantastic, mate. No argument here. That sounds great. All right. Uh, Stay tuned for Out of the Pan with Sally and enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Um...